This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in News and Views for a Wednesday. It is May the 4th, Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. There you go. Right on cue. Our producer is awesome. He just is. All right, that's enough. (laughs) He's not that awesome. Uh, take a quick look at your weather forecast tonight. Scattered thunderstorms, uh, partly cloudy skies after midnight. Chance of rain this evening about 60%. Uh, Thursday, mostly cloudy. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy during the day as well. A chance of storms again. Not going to be as hot tomorrow. High tomorrow is uh, only going to be around 81. It got up close to 90 today. Friday, cloudy skies during the morning hours. Scattered showers in the afternoon. I guess we need all this rain. So it just scattered showers. But, yeah, we uh, need it badly. Yeah, the, I heard you talking about that yesterday. The farmers are yeah. Uh, a farmer, dying for a some farmer rain. friend of mine on social media last night said, "If it rains tonight, I'm going to dance in my yard naked." <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what, what, what is he raising there? <laughs> raising well, cane. We, we we definitely need to rain. Uh, weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Warmer weather is here. What a better way to enjoy the outdoors with family and friends than being greenside or poolside. Voted best golf course in Greenville three years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club is waiving all initiation fees and wants you to join in the fun and become a member today. Not a golfer? Ironwood's new social membership includes access to the competition-sized swimming pool, clay surface tennis courts, and member-only full-service restaurant. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. So as we mentioned at the top of the program, there are a bunch of judicial races um, on the calendar for this year in in the primary and in the general election. Three in the primary on the Republican ballot. And uh, as we've heard many people say, we've said it ourselves, these judicial races are extremely important. We've heard people that are running... Uh, for the legislature saying, you know what, first and foremost, let's worry about the judicial races. We've seen this year some court decisions just affect a lot of stuff, especially you know, the whole deal with the maps. We've got the, uh, the felon voting issue coming uh, before us. Uh, and we're not going to get into specifics because our next guest uh, very well, we, we don't want her to get in, into any kind of trouble in which she's got to recuse herself in a future case that might come before her. But there are uh, two races for the North Carolina Court of Appeals and one race for the North Carolina Supreme Court in the primary. And then in the general election, there'll be two for the Court of Appeals and two for the Supreme Court. However, uh, the person we want to talk to right now is running for the Court of Appeals. Beth Freshwater-Smith is running for seat nine on the North Carolina Court of Appeals. That is a statewide race. Judge Freshwater-Smith is in the studio with us this afternoon. I can address her as judge as she is currently a district court judge serving in eastern North Carolina. Beth, welcome in. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you, You know, it's hard to follow a lot of these judicial races just because in generally speaking i guess that they've allowed you to do more and say more and get more into the race than you used to be able to do but still it seems like these judicial races it's a little harder to to find some details about the candidates so uh, give us the two minute um beth freshwater smith bio 
Oh, heavens. It's going to be hard to do in two minutes, but I am Beth Freshwater-Smith. I'm running for the North Carolina Court of Appeals. I'm currently a district court judge in Nash, Edgecombe, and Wilson counties. Prior to that, I was a prosecutor for over 28 years. Okay. And um, uh, Wilson's been your home for? Well, I'm originally from Moorhead City. Okay. Um, I wanted to be a prosecutor, and when I graduated uh, law school, there was an opening in this district, Nash, Edgecombe, and Wilson, which is just up the road. And so I moved um, to Wilson and ended up marrying my husband, who I met on a blind date. And so I've been there ever since. So we've heard many stories, um, a lot of stories in the news this year that, uh, as I just said, that these judicial races are so, so important. From your aspect as a candidate, and not just your race, but all the you know, all four races that are before us, why is it so important that we know the candidates and uh, get out and vote well it it is so important as we have seen because we need judges um, at our appellate courts that believe that the constitution is the basis for our laws and will follow the laws as they're written um, i mean it just we have seen how it affects everything when uh, the judiciary um, does not stick to what the law is the way it's written when they put their own personal opinions in there or their political um which we cannot have we have to have consistency um and so we need judges that i mean i follow the law even when i don't agree with it as a district court judge you know i'm the one making the decisions and sometimes you know maybe i don't agree with it but that's what you have to do in order for there to be justice for everyone so what is the chief end of a judge uh, or a court of appeals judge what is your compass when if you get to the court of appeals what is the your chief end what how, how do i mean you sort of describe you mean it my there. moral compass that, that well, part, well or, your or moral my... compass and your, your judicial compass <laughs> judicial mean, philosophy your, well, your, your, okay. yeah there you go well, although some people know, can't and, describe that well, this but. is what i tell people you know i was reared on um patriotism uh, the American work ethic and Christian conservative values, and obviously that is what I take with me wherever I go. Um, it's significant in that, in this situation, um, we have to have judges that follow the law. Right. I mean, it's that simple. Um, and there've been some issues. So, what are your parameters when you say we have to have judges that follow the law? What are those parameters? Well, the, our forefathers were brilliant. I mean, we have three branches of government. And they knew we'd need checks and balances. Well, when the judiciary starts getting into the legislature, legislature's um, business, obviously we're, we're missing the check, the balance, whatever. And see, that's what we've been seeing happening. The legislature's passing laws, and then the judiciary is not following the law. They're doing something different. And, I, and as I see it, I mean... You're, you're singing the music I like to hear, but as I see it, you know, we've had a problem in this state and really nationally where where the judicial has, you know, they're getting into the policy area. Policy, exactly. policy is exactly. the legislation. The law is the law, what the legislature enacts, and you're, you're to interpret it. Um, just following up on your bio, uh, I, you know, one thing I like to see with judges, I don't like to just see someone that's been been on a bench their entire career and i see in your bio that you know you've, you've been a lawyer practicing attorney you've been a district attorney a prosecutor and a judge um what what other unique 
experiences you think you bring that maybe is not on the court of appeals currently well there's no one on the court of appeals or running for the that has 34 years in the courtroom practical trial experience that's interesting and that's um, surprising too by the way and and another well i'm old um, <laughs> but but, another, but another, you look younger than us <laughs> but another thing is the majority of the cases that are heard by the court of appeals are criminal cases well currently mm. there are only two of the 15 judges that have prosecutorial experience and there's nowhere that you get more criminal experience than there and that is uh judge jefferson griffin and judge gore and um so that's additional additionally something that i would bring now i have been very involved um in the juvenile law i've been recognized at the you know state and national level i was one of 14 chosen from across the country to serve in washington dc and, and currently, I'm on two of North Carolina's uh, juvenile justice. Um, one's the advisory committee, which actually advises the legislature on the law, and the juvenile justice planning, which is part of the Governor's Crime Commission. So I have, I have constantly been involved in the law. And so things have changed a lot since 2006. I've been in the trenches. I've been working in the trial courts and with the laws as they've changed so both both you and uh, the the individual you're running against for this uh, was it seat nine is that what i said that's correct um and uh, really uh, it's interesting that you actually run for a numbered seat obviously you got to categorize them somehow i guess but but both of you call yourself conservative what is your definition of conservative well i believe for one thing all you have to do is look at the 34 years of my service um, and I have been um, consistently um, conservative I mean government I mean do you mean like government staying out of our personal business what is your definition yeah those type of yeah. things yeah. yeah free enterprise um, you know individual freedoms um, I I have been involved um, and feel very strongly about our country and our state and the way it was intended to work. And um, I want people to trust the judiciary. And so that's been one of my big things is to, to bring that back by showing integrity and being in the courtroom, being fair and impartial. It, it's not... It's not a Republican Democrat. When you're a judge, you're supposed to be fair and impartial. And um, anyway, I, I have, I think I've done a good job of proving that. Because when I ran, I am the only Republican on our bench. Um, In the district court. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time I ran, it was nonpartisan, and a lot of people didn't realize I was a Republican until the next election when it was. And I, I have crossed, crossed the. The aisle, as they say, you know, there are very many people of all parties that that believe in what I'm doing and have told me so and say, you know, you're not my party, but I'm going to vote for you. And so um, I think besides the fact that I am the best candidate for this primary, I certainly have a good chance in the general um, because I, I've got quite a reputation. For people. Well, and you've got quite a number of uh, very conservative people in the North Carolina State Legislature that yes. um, speak highly of you, including yeah. our friend uh, who's on with us often, uh, Senator Jim Perry. 
And if you can't answer these questions, tell just say, Tom, I don't want to go there. What was your reaction over this uh, leak? <laughs> this leak of uh, I, I know Alita. what's coming, so I'm <laughs> laughing already. Um, well, certainly, I don't think we should have leaks, um, but but in terms that, of in about, terms of what it can do to the judiciary, the, the, the third branch of our government. The, the, the leak yeah well the you leak mean, and just and just well, the, the callous attitude towards yeah, it yeah well i mean our whole society is suffering from that right now and um again that confidence in our government that confidence in our um judiciary uh, confidence in our elected leaders um all these type of things um just tear away at it yeah so. you know you mentioned confidence and the word trust and and i think in the last you know, four or five years, especially the last couple of years in North Carolina, um, you, you know, the citizens and the voters, uh, I mean, I can understand the distrust of the judiciary because, and I'm not going to get you to call any any particular body out, but over and over you see at every level, if it's a single judge or at the you know the appeals level or the Supreme Court level, where when you, you have sitting justices and when, when they argue a position, they're, they're arguing it from an, an advocacy of the position versus being an advocate of the law. Do you agree with that statement? Well, I'm, I'm sure there are some. Um, I mean, because we see it at all levels of, of the judiciary. Um, I like to think that most of us um, are doing it for the right reasons and are being fair and impartial and not creating policy from the bench. But that is that is the damaging thing that's been occurring at our appellate levels here in North Carolina. There's been um, one, well, the MAPS case, and again, I'm not going to ask you about the, the, the case itself, but the MAPS case and I think this uh, felon voting case might be in the same category. But in the MAPS case, it, it, uh, that case took a big leap over the Court of Appeals and right to the Supreme Court. Overall, is that kind of is that normal? Is that proper? I mean, it sort of surprised me that that happened. Well, sometimes the Supreme Court um, things do bypass the Court of Appeals, but you know, do you think that that Maps case was that a legitimate reason to jump I, over there? I don't feel that I can okay, answer okay, that. Okay, okay, um, okay. Eighty percent of the cases are actually heard by the Court of Appeals that are appealed. That's why it's so important um, to see who your judges are on the Court of Appeals. Right. Yes, the Supreme Court is the be all end all. You know, but they don't hear, but maybe 20% of the cases. Um, You're sort of the filter. The appeals court is the filter before it gets to the Supreme Court. That's correct. And right now, it sounds like uh, if, if things remain the same, the the, uh, the the vast majority of the judges on the Court of Appeals will uh, be Republican, it sounds like, more conservative. Um, yes. Uh, if there's a vacancy, of course, the governor will appoint. When, Someone to fill a vacancy on the Court of Appeals. When did we change the law back to where there is now an R and a D next to the, the candidates that are running for judicial office? Uh, let's see. Was that 2020? Okay. I think it was 2020 because mm-hmm. I, I, I ran in 2016 and also in 2020. And so 2020. Or about that. Do you feel like that has an effect on the outcome of these races? Do you think I that's, do? Yeah. I do certainly. I mean, especially with judges, because nobody knows that much about us. Because right. we are um, come under the judicial ethics, and there's things that we cannot comment on and we cannot say. 
We're running out of time, but yeah. Benny's got one more for you. Uh-oh. Okay. Now, <laughs> now, I was just tell you, it's funny when you mentioned this, the D or the R. Um, I mean, for years, I'm sure Tom's the same way. You know, a, a week or so before the elections, I get those texts from friends. All right, yeah. who, who to vote who, for? Who's the judges I should vote for? <laughs> right. I, I got one today. <laughs> I, well, I sent some out this week. So, oh. uh, but I, you know, I think I think that was 2020 was the first time I think. And uh, what North Carolina basically won every one that was on the ballot. Is that right at the state level? I, think, I, think I believe that's right. That's right. Yeah. The Republicans. You're talking did? about our our appeals courts, mm-hmm. especially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there, yes. what is there? Fifteen. They're 15 on the Court of Appeals. Yeah, 15. And how long is the term? Eight years. Eight years. So you, you, if, if you win, you don't have to do this again for eight years. That's the best well, part of the I, job. Well, I, I probably won't. I'll probably age out before I get to do it And what is, and You what can is, tell you how old you are. I don't see it. So there is an age requirement, huh? Yeah, in North Carolina, um, okay. when you, you have well, to Well, that's why Hudson is— uh, You have to retire at 72. Mm-hmm. And— um, course there's always talk about raising at 75 and what i've told people i'm just getting good at 72 yeah, so yeah. i hope they do raise it yeah, yeah judge beth freshwater smith she is running for the uh seat nine this is a statewide race so if you're listening here in eastern north carolina uh have you been all over the state i have there are 100 counties and i've tried to get to all of them but um i am still working my regular court schedule so um, I have not made it everywhere, but well, but if I'm successful in the primary, I will get everywhere. There you go. Well, this is <laughs> this was just a local phone call for you today, then. Just coming down from Wilson to Greenville. So thanks for stopping by, and thanks for doing what you're doing and running. And boy, do we need conservatives at the Court of Appeals and at the North Carolina Supreme Court. So uh, mark your ballots and uh, get out and vote. Stay with us. Benny and I'll be right back. for all of the local stuff you know let me know what was going on in the local community eastern carolina's news sources news and views on talk 96.3 and 103.7 welcome back in and by the way i meant to mention this when uh judge beth freshwater smith was uh, on the air with us her her uh website if you want to find out more vote freshwatersmith.com she's got a pretty nifty little uh, tagline too Remember what that was? North Carolina is thirsty for fresh water, fresh ideas on the bench, or something like fresh that. Conservatives fresh conservatives, yeah. <laughs> Have a drink of fresh water, which uh, apparently I, we screwed it up. Sorry, but uh, it was something like that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that sounds more like a fresh Pepsi than it is a fresh water. But uh, nonetheless, you know, if Jim Perry is for her. She's got to be all right. That's what I think. Yep. 
She's got to be all right. I mean, there are times that you, you cannot go out and find all the details for all the candidates. And so you've got to learn to, who, who can I trust that's got a little bit more insight? And I, I got to tell you the truth. I, it, you're probably the same way. The, the day before elections, I bet I get 20 or 30 emails from people yeah. saying, who do I vote for? In fact, I, I actually got to the point that I printed something up and I said, just give me your email address and I'll, I'll fax you a uh, or I'll text you or send an attachment of a uh, sample ballot. I, I sent out uh, group text this week, matter of fact, with uh, all their decisions they needed to make if they value my opinion or not. But right. uh, the judges in specifically in the judges. Yeah. And they're the ones that, generally speaking, you just don't know a whole lot about. And, and I, you know, I'm not going to say I know them all, but I. I do my homework to find people. I, I can find out who who know them personally before it's you know before it's over with, and it's kind of hard for us to really look up their record and that type of thing. But uh, you know, if I put enough people people's opinions together that I trust, if I don't know them, then that's kind of what exactly. I base it on. Exactly. Yesterday we talked about the fact that this um, Nina Jankowitz, mm. the Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins. of. Uh, the Truth Commission. The um, she was he was uh, Mayorkas came before the Senate today, Senate Committee. <laughs> Excuse me, I went down the wrong way. Um, and he was asked by uh, John Kennedy whether or not uh, are you familiar with uh, this Jankowitz's uh, Mary Poppins TikTok, and uh, Mayorkas had no clue what he's talking about. That is hard to believe. <laughs> Yeah, now, he comes out and says how she's just eminently qualified, and she doesn't. I mean, I understand that not everybody follows TikTok, but that has been in the news constantly over the last thirty-six hours. Yeah, did Senator Kennedy give him that look of you know I ain't buying your BS? <laughs> I mean, well, I've got a little audio from uh, when Kennedy and Mayorkas were talking back and forth. This is uh, cut two. Our mission is to protect the security of the homeland. And we address disinformation when it threatens the security of the homeland. Let, when, me, let me interrupt but, you, Mr. Secretary, because I don't have much time. I would, I'd like to hear that example, and perhaps we can talk privately. I want to continue probing how your DGB will work. When President Clinton was being investigated for having uh, an affair with a White House in, intern. And he said, I did not have sex with that woman, Ms. Lewinsky. Is that something the DGB would investigate? Senator, again, let me be, be clear that the department's responsibility is to address disinformation that threatens the security of the homeland. And importantly, the working group was established because this disinformation work has been ongoing for nearly 10 years, the working group was established precisely to protect against the infringement on individuals' First Amendment rights, precisely to protect yes. the right of privacy. Will the DGB be given its own police, its own enforcement powers? Senator, uh, as I have articulated, the working group does not have operational authority or capability. Its purpose is to make sure that the work that is underway in protecting the homeland that has been 
executed for nearly 10 years is done within guardrails according to policies and standards that ensure that that work does not infringe on people's fundamental First Amendment rights, right. right of privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties. Right. Yeah. The government's going to tell us what's true, what could possibly go wrong. That is yeah. the farthest thing from the truth. <laughs> we protect the security of the homeland. BS. <laughs> I'm just total BS. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sorry. The first thing, if they're if they're protecting the security of the homeland, the first thing they need to investigate is Mayorkas and the southern border. Oh, absolutely. Unbelievable. <laughs> and if Mayorkas is correct, if the, this governance board has no real power, which we know is a crock, then why have it? I mean, thank goodness for John Kennedy and men like him. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 